Today, we're talking about men's basketball, Payday Douglas, possibly earning a starting receiver spot and wrapping up our coverage of the Gators in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Twitter. WNS underscore Brandon, whole nine sports for Rick Merck. We're going to chop that up a little bit, make it a little bit quicker. So we're rolling through that. But we're going to talk about men's basketball to start today's show. And I realize that's usually not something I start the show with, but I felt like it. And guess what? It's my show. I get to pick what's on there. Uh, the Gators men's basketball team is 15 and 8 on the year, which, you know, it doesn't sound too bad. 15 and 8 is not bad necessarily it's bad when you consider what the gator standard should be but in general it, there there are possible or they should be a march madness team if they continue winning ways uh they are eight and eight since their seven and oh start and some of those losses have been you know expected we had uh the auburn loss which we get a chance at them again in two weeks less than two weeks now so we got the auburn loss we've got the oklahoma loss Loss wasn't that bad, but they got losses like Texas Southern and Ole Miss the first time. And it's like, well, th- those are losses that shouldn't be happening for this Gators team if you actually want to compete. But on the up and up side of things, uh, Colin Castleton got injured before. <laughs> That's not the positive part of it. Colin Castleton got injured and the team kind of improved a little bit and then quickly didn't. And it was like, okay, now, now we got you. Um, but, you know, the team has managed to stay healthy and afloat it was it was grim for a while when Colin Castleton got hurt because it was like hey man like we don't know how long he's out is pretty much what we were told we all we were told was the injury was significant that's all it was it was a significant shoulder injury where um we were given no timetable for recovery or return and a lot of us were just like well is he coming back at all and here here he is he's back with a little less than a month remaining in the season before, you know, tournaments start and all that fun stuff. But Colin Castleton is back. He was here this past Sunday, this past Saturday was his return against Ole Miss. And it was actually a game that they beat Ole Miss in. And the game was um, a, a fun one in the second half. It was kind of like the Oklahoma State game where the first half was not fun because the Gators were down a considerable amount at the end of the first half or at halftime, whatever you want to say. Um, but had a strong second half, although this one was a little bit different because it, it felt like the Gators got dominated in the first half. Um, it was it was just 30 to 21. So yeah, a nine point lead is nothing to to throw an insane fit over, but it's more only scoring 21. We know the defense is there. We're the Florida Gators. We know the defense is there, but only scoring 21 points in the first half when you get your star player back, that's uh that's that's pretty disheartening really and I get it you know it's his first game back and he he played fine um like, but it was his first game back there have been other injuries and lineup changes and all these things happening but 21 points is very very awful 
in the first half. Um, it's just pitiful. The Gators then came out in the second half and absolutely dominated, I think would be a good term to use. Um, they absolutely dominated Ole Miss in the second half. I mean, Ole Miss scored 18 points in the second half. The Gators only scored, what, 27? But Ole Miss scored 18, and that is defensive domination if I have ever seen it. And that's why it's like, yeah, well, I mean, this offense still has a lot to figure out. But defensively, this this team just got right back to cooking and, and and really hitting on all cylinders. Like Colin Castleton, he finished the game with 17 points and seven rebounds, which is pretty much what we've come to expect from him when he was healthy before that shoulder injury. And he got back to his shot blocking ways. He had three blocks. It wasn't the six that we love seeing from him, but uh, but three blocks. He he kind of you can tell when he's on the court that this team is just different. Um, not in the same way as, as like me saying the women's basketball team is built different, but this team is just better with Colin Castleton on the court. Offensively, this team struggles either way. So that's, you know, that that is what it is. But defensively, this team is just a much more cohesive unit and a much more fluid unit when Colin Castleton is on the court because he's just such such a defensive leader and and he's such a just a commander of this defense when, when he's on that court, he's changing shots. If he's not blocking them and he he's doing all these things that other players can't bring to the table because Colin Castleton is still very much one of the better big men in college basketball, especially defensively. And especially as a, as, as a shot contester, again, whether it's blocking or changing the shots and in overtime, it was close for the first minute. And then the Gators really started to separate. And from that point, it was just Ole Miss. Um, it was just Ole Miss playing catch up really. Cause you know, they, it was for the first minute and 15 seconds of overtime, there weren't really scores happening on either side. And then Florida started, started really chipping and, and kind of just separating themselves and leaving Ole Miss to say, wait, no, wait, please stop. Come back. And it was just a wrap at that point. Tyree Appleby, um, I feel like he was shooting with his eyes closed half the time. Uh, he was, he was just, he, I, I feel like he was just like, yep, and just putting it up at that point because um, it, it was bad. He went one for 10 shooting from the free throw line. He was great, but went one for 10 shooting. But it, what really separated him was his playmaking because uh, Tyree Appleby, I mean, he had a double-double. He shot one for 10, but he had a double-double with 11 points. And the more impressive thing was were his 10 assists because Tyree Appleby had 10 assists, and that's that's a great number to have at any level of basketball. But especially when you consider this game was not a very um not a not not a display of playmaking ability throughout. He had 10 assists, Tyree Appleby had 10 assists. The rest of the game combined, both teams had 11 assists. The Gators had three assists outside of Tyree Appleby, and Ole Miss had eight assists out like, just in general. So Tyree Appleby just played, put on a playmaking clinic, which you didn't see anywhere else really in this game. So that that was big for him, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him and Colin Castleton kind of getting to work a little more and see what can happen with a true just primary ball handler role for Tyree Appleby. The Gators' next game is tomorrow, where they host the six and te- seventeen Georgia Bulldogs. But but don't don't dismiss them like that because six and seventeen is bad. But at the same time, this is a team or a Georgia team that just lost what, by two points to the Auburn Tigers. And Auburn, I don't know if you know this, but are a pretty damn good basketball team this year. 
so, and I know, because I just had to spend a week with Zach Blackerby, who's the host of Locked on Auburn, and I got to hear it incessantly. Um, which, by the way, Zach on Auburn is, is dope. Um, just just because I got to be there when Zach interviewed him, and it was really cool. Um, but yeah, 6-17 and 17 Georgia Bulldogs, they're, they're not really a pushover team right here. So Florida Gators, you've also been known to kind of play down to competition at times. So it, it, it's not an easy win by any stretch. Anybody else make money this weekend? Because I know I didn't, and I didn't make money last week, although I did come home and I made, I did make money on Sunday. I'll say that. I made money Sunday. That was fun. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida's men's basketball team has been really screwing me over. Women's basketball team has been insanely profitable for me, so that is awesome. Um, but BetOnline.net even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost <clears throat> anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device, which is how I like to bet. Because, I mean, that's, that's I love their mobile site. I'm not going to lie to you. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Also, uh, a quick reminder that it's Super Bowl week. So we've got Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On Bengals, and Locked On Rams all in L.A. covering the game down on Radio Row right now. Brought to you by Get Upside. So just make sure to check those out. And now we're going to talk about Payday Douglas who um, is someone who Caleb Payday Douglas obviously is a three or four star receiver, depending on which platform you're losing. I know on three and 24 seven have him uh, as a three star. And I know that ESPN is listing him as a four star. So it kind of depends on where you're looking. Um, But he is a commit to the Florida Gators and I'm excited for him. I I didn't think he would be a Florida Gator. I like, I, I was so certain that he was, either going back to Baylor. That's, that was kind of what I thought would happen. Maybe go back to USC, but that didn't happen, thankfully, because he's someone who he previously was committed to Baylor, and then he decommitted. And then he committed to USC, and then he decommitted. Uh, But especially with the USC one, like he said that he was committed to Baylor, got his offer from USC, and he was like, this is a dream school for me. They're kind of wide receiver you, so big for him um, because obviously he wants to go pro. And then Lincoln Riley happened. Um, And, and, you know, I got to give Payday Douglas, got to give him credit. Decommitted and went where he thought would be best for him, which is with the same receivers coach that was at USC that, that, you know, has helped them become wide receiver you, uh, which I disagree with, by the way. I've said – Prior to the season, I was like, I think Florida is wide receiver. You, you know, they don't put out a ton of, um, a ton of superstars, but they put guys into the NFL consistently. So I think they're wide receiver. You, um, and now he's coming to Gainesville where Kiri Colbert, who is the wide receivers coach at USC and was recruiting payday Douglas, uh, is now the Florida Gators wide receiver coach. So it's like, well, it was pretty seamless where you've got a university who, I mean, you know, the coaching staff wants you, the wide receiver coach that just offered you is now offering you at his new job. You know that the university can put players into the NFL because they've done it. Look at even recent years. Just look at receivers from recent years. You've got last year, uh, Kadarius Tony, first round pick. You've got Van Jefferson the year before that was a second round pick. And you've also got these rotational guys coming in where you've got Freddie Swain with the Seattle Seahawks, Tyree Cleveland with the Denver Broncos, 
You've got Trayvon Grimes got injured. He signed with the Philadelphia Eagles as an undrafted free agent. And then I believe tore his ACL and was out for the season. So he's looking for a spot right now. You've got all these guys who are in the NFL and consistently get to the NFL from Florida. And it's like, well, really, are they not wide receiver you? Because I feel like we are. But looking at Payday Douglas's future here, um, I- I'll say he's a former quarterback. So there's trick play potential there. But he's got great size. He's 6'3", he, he, and he's going to add weight also. Like he, like he's 6'3", and he, he's going to play. He's going to add weight, and he already plays bigger than he looks because he looks kind of wiry. But he plays strong. Like, like he plays strong catching the ball contested catches when he's wide open he's a nice hands catcher so it's not really a big concern it's just getting hit in the body and like i've said with all of our quarterbacks sans jack miller um all of our potential starting quarterbacks sorry sans jack miller um i i think that they benefit from having these these big bodied receivers because well they've um what's the word um, they've struggled mightily with accuracy. So I think when you have Anthony Richardson adding a big receiver here, and when you have Emory Jones adding a big receiver here, I, I think you really help yourself because Caleb Douglas is someone who's got a big body. He can make these catches. And look, I, I have no problem admitting he's a little rough around the edges when it comes to technique, but he's working with Kiri Colbert. That's going to be his wide receivers coach. So I, I think that he can, you know, develop a lot. He's got an insane ceiling. And as far as I'm concerned, at least one of these top four receiver spots, receiver spots are available in Gainesville. That's just that, that's what I'm thinking because, yeah, obviously I think that on the outside we'll have Xavier Henderson and Justin Shorter starting at the, at the outside receivers and probably Trent Whittemore in slot. And, you know, I've taken time to talk about uh, Marcus Burke, who I'm like, well, he's, he's a speed demon that he, and he's got a big body and he could be the guy. But I, I mean, I'm and Jaquavion Frazier's also he could play. We know this. I'm just saying Caleb Douglas could earn himself a spot in that rotation early on, where maybe he won't be a starting receiver, but he could be someone who is our. I mean, it also depends what you consider a wide receiver, a starting wide receiver, because if he's wide receiver four and he plays a lot, he could be considered a starter at that point. So it's something like that. But Caleb Douglas could be someone who plays a lot. I think he's got the physicality. He's shown the physicality where he could probably seamlessly transition into a big slot role where he's going to be blocking in a run-heavy offense. And he's going to be, I'll, I'll say, not he's not going to be a massive vertical threat. I don't think he's got the long speed for that right now. But again, once he's working with this coaching staff, they can kind of fix his running style, fix his route running, and make him a little bit better as a deep threat. But I think right now he's more of a big-body, um, reliable hands catcher and i think that that's going to be huge especially for a team that look they're going to want to run the ball it gets a little hard to run the ball in the red zone that's why you've got those big bodied receivers that you can throw it to in traffic and and rely on them to come down and it's also like like i mentioned before like he's a former quarterback and i don't mean oh he was a quarterback in middle school i mean two years ago he was playing quarterback so this is this is a very new position to him, but he's already shown the natural hands, and that's big. And he's already shown his willingness to go up and compete, and and I, I like him, and I want to see I want to see him get some playing time, you know. And the things that he needs help with, you know, with route running and positioning and just those little nuances, those are all things that are going to come with time playing the position, which he hasn't had yet. He's done it for two years. that's it he's barely played receiver in the grand scheme of things so he's got plenty of time to develop and become this and 
I, I think getting him playing time wouldn't be the worst idea, especially when you're on a team where it's like, well, we want to run the ball. Putting a big body dude out there might be best for this team. So I don't know. I, I want to see uh, Caleb Douglas get, get playing time early and get playing time consistently because I, I think he could be big for this offense now and in the long run once he's got some more experience under his belt. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's pretty impossible for your local car chain, um, the auto parts store, to really just help you out. Like, why endure pointless and and sometimes in- intimidating questions of is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Like, and wait behind the wait behind the counter while the person there is just just trying to help you and it takes forever just for them to choose whichever brand their warehouse carries not necessarily the one that's best for you you got computers with access to explore the easiest website and i do mean easy like i've said multiple times i don't know a damn thing about cars or about my car even so i if i need something yeah my family could fix it up they're they're more handy than i am but i gotta still order it and buy for buy it so i go to rockauto.com and I mean, look, you, if you use it, should write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know exactly who sent you there with amazing selection, reliably low prices, the easiest website that you'll ever find. And all the parts your car will ever need is rockauto.com. To wrap up today's show, we are talking one more time about the senior bowl. And I say one more time, but I got some guests lined up where we're probably going to talk about the senior bowl and, and talk about these players specifically at the senior bowl. So Yes, Senior Bowl last time for me individually, probably. But uh, yeah, that, that's where we're at. But I'm starting with the guy that I wanted to talk about so bad and I've been talking about so much and I want to keep talking about so much. It's Damian Pierce, who is a beast. And by the way, got to meet him in person. That dude's lightning in the bottle. I'll tell you that. I, I, like, I saw him in Mobile and... and uh, someone that works for the senior bowl was like, Hey, Damien, can you hold this for me? And he's like, he was like, yeah, of course, no problem. No problem at all. He, he was just very nice. Uh, I got to speak to him for legitimately like 30 seconds. Um, but, it, but he was so dope. He just busy schedule down there. Like I, I, I was talking to him and someone from the senior bowl was like, Hey, you got to walk and talk because, um, the, he's got a very limited window to eat right now. So schedules, schedules crazy there. Um, but Damien Pierce, you know, One of the things that I like to look for at the senior bowl, especially with running backs is pass protection, because that's something that it's hard to get better at. He's improved a lot, but it's hard to get better at pass protection because that's got to be something that's ingrained in you. That that willingness to make those plays in pass pro. And once you're already in your early twenties and you're going to the NFL, it's hard to change a mindset like that. But Damian Pierce and a lot of the running backs in mobile this year were great, but Damian Pierce dominated in pass protection, which we knew we would do. You know, um, it was Tuesday. We did the Locked On live stream where we all went on. I was the only college dude there. Um, But we all went on, and we talked about the senior bowl and what we saw. And uh, Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jags, who I'm sure some of you guys listen to at least, um, he he talked about one of the easiest ways for a young running back to get off the field is to struggle in pass protection. And I told him, I was like, look, we didn't see pass protection drills today. But tomorrow or the day after, we will, and Damian Pierce will thrive there. He he will dominate. And he's been able to show that he's not just a powerful dude, whether it's pass protection or as a runner. He clocked the highest speed in the senior bowl game. Damian Pierce ran 20.66 miles per hour at his top speed on Saturday. 
in the senior bowl. He did a fantastic job all week. He struggled a little bit day one as a pass catcher. I saw him have at least one drop on a swing or on a screen, but you know, it, it is what it is. It happens every now and then. So I think he solidified himself as the, um, not the top back in the draft, but the top back at the senior bowl. I think he is head and shoulders above everybody else. And he was the most well-rounded too. There were guys who, yeah, ton of power, but didn't have that speed. Uh, were able to catch the ball, but not able to pass protect. And at that point, what what's the use of just play slot receiver if you can't pass if you can't pass protect and you can catch the ball? I mean, and I I thought about this the other day, and I want to continue talking about it. Um, I would love to see Damian Pierce in a place like Tennessee um, with, with the Titans, obviously not not with the Vols. <laughs> um, look, he he won't be the starter, or at least at least he won't be the starter right away. But he's also someone who. He could step in and shoulder the load because Derrick Henry, we saw him take a significant injury, and a lot of it is because of that wear and tear that he's picked up carrying, and or not even carrying, being the offense in Tennessee. So adding Damian Pierce, he's a physical runner. He can, he can still give you that. He can come in on passing downs and contribute as a receiver and a pass protector and give Derrick Henry a little bit of a break. Um, I mean, look, I'm just saying, I played defense. I've done that thing where it's like, I'm making a business decision. Derrick Henry is someone that I would not want to get in front of. Damian Pierce is also someone that I would not want to get in front of. Um, I, I I think that when you've got just a physical runner and then a physical runner, I, I think that both of those guys would just put in work together and defenses in general would get demolished. So, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of adding Damian Pierce to a backfield that already has Derrick Henry and just saying, yeah, we want to run the ball 35 times a game. But we can't do it all with Derrick Henry. Why not bring in a running back who's got very little wear and tear on his tires and bring him in? So Damian Pierce, I mean, and I know all 32 teams were there, and I know the Titans are probably looking for a running back this year. So why not be Damian Pierce? Like, I just want to see him there. And I got no skin in the Titans game. I just want to see him be great. And the other Gator that was in Mobile, Zachary Carter. And I think that it was an overall dominant week for defensive linemen last week. You look at Jermaine Johnson, who just went off. My Jay Sanders had a great week, especially playing kind of out of position. So that was big for him. And Zachary Carter, I think, kind of just got lost in the shuffle. But he also had a great week. I think it was just so dominant for so many defensive linemen that that's why we didn't hear his name so much because the edge defenders were demolishing these offensive linemen and one-on-ones he really got the opportunity to thrive and i think that's big for zachary Gardner. like he got to show we which we knew that he's a good power rusher we knew that and look he uh he didn't show that he's a great finesse rusher either in the one-on-ones but he did show he's a great power rusher and while he did overpower opponents he did it with technique and skill instead of just being like me big run through he he got his hands inside their pads he pushed them back he drove them back and he bent them and he he bent them backwards there uh so i i think zachary carter you know i, I think he did a great job of showing that he's capable of winning those one-on-ones and that's big because ideally in the nfl we're going to see you take on one-on-ones you, you'll you'll see double teams every now and then we know that but usually the premier pass rusher on the team takes on double teams or, you know, if you've got a giant nose tackle, he'll take on double teams. And that's fine because the goal is to get one-on-ones throughout. And also one-on-ones are becoming more prevalent with all the defenses uh, that, that rotate and show blitz and don't blitz and do whatever they want to do. 
but they're creating one-on-ones. And Zachary Carter has proven in front of all 32 NFL teams that he can win in those one-on-one situations. And that's bigger than I can even express. Like the senior, and I spoke to him for a little bit also. Um, he is going to demolish the interview process with NFL teams. Like just, like just talking to him, like he is going to kill it. Like I, I know that. Like he's going to be a freak. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators. For Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.